Our gospel reading this morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page 1577 of your pew Bible. Glory to you, O Lord. Mark records the signs of the end of the age. As he was leaving the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another, and every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will all these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? And Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many, many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. Now when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of the birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death. And father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And all men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
That is a hard gospel to read. The visuals in there are not very inviting, are they? That's not something you go, whoa, sign me up. Especially the last part. But let's break it down a little bit. At the very beginning, Jesus is at the temple with his disciples, and they're marveling at the architecture. Look! I mean, it's not hard to imagine that. Look how beautiful this building is. Look! How human of them. Look at this building. People in in this day and age may say, look at this beautiful body. Well, maybe not this one. But I am God's, God's poema, just like you are. I am and you are his masterpiece, and he doesn't make junk. Some of it's a little bit rounder, but round is a shape, right? So therefore, I am in shape. Okay, stop it. Isn't it interesting that um, we want the time that we're in, if it's really nice, man, we want it to last, you know? And the disciples are a lot like that. We know at the Mount of Transfiguration, the same guys, like, hey, it's a good thing we're here. Why don't I build, uh, you know, a tent for all of you guys, and we'll just hang out. I don't want this to end. Now, sometimes sermons are more of a hostage situation than they are anything else. And I know that in looking at your faces, I am not going to go an hour and a half. But I tell you this, this is important. Can you relate to these disciples marveling at the wonderful things? And can you relate to how they must have felt when Jesus says, yeah, let me tell you something about that beautiful building. Not a single stone will be standing on another. It'll be torn down. That must have been hard to hear. And we know that he is foretelling of the Roman Empire destroying this temple. This is the second time the temple has been destroyed. The first one was Solomon's. This was Herod's. And there are some people that say that the reason that all the stones were turned over was that Um, because of the great fires and because of the great amount of gold that was all over in the inside of this, things were just, had gold lame or uh, just like plastered onto it, just hammered thin gold put everywhere. And so these great brains have said, well, that gold might have melted in between the rocks, and so they were turning rocks over in order to get the gold out. And I, I threw that up to a theologian some time ago, and he goes... And whenever a theologian, that's body language, by the way, and it ain't positive. Head shaking back and forth. He goes, Ken, no. The Romans, when they destroyed somebody, they wanted to destroy everything there. So it meant to them to turn every rock over this formidable, beautiful building, to turn that over, that not only did they kill their spirit, but maybe they even killed their faith. I don't know. As Sam Giese would say, it's not a salvation issue, but it is kind of interesting. And the truth is, Jesus predicted it. And around 70 AD, those Romans, they burned it down and they knocked it all over. And it's to this day not rebuilt, right? Place was destroyed. Now, again, who here would love to have tomorrow's newspaper today? Huh? Or at least six good numbers. All right? You gotcha. Right? 
Isn't that human? Hey, Jesus, they're sitting at the Mount of Olives with God, right? The word incarnate, and they're like, hey, Jesus. So when is this going to happen? And again, the loving nature is revealed in in our Savior. And he says to them, look, guys, this isn't about you predicting and being able to be, uh, you know, the day ahead and say, well, I told you so. This isn't about you being able to tell when this is going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And more than that, I'm telling you, be prepared. Be faithful. He goes on to tell them that there will come a time that someone will come, many will come, to lead you astray. Be prepared. Jesus tells us that these signs, again, are not a method of of discerning when it's going to happen, but these signs are telling us that it's getting started. And that we do, even today and even at that time, we hear of wars and rumors of wars and famines and death. That's nothing new. Yet every time that we hear of wars and rumors of wars, we can't help in our flesh to say, gee, I wonder if this is it. I wonder if this is it. Got some more bad news for you. All of these things that are happening right now are because of man and because of our sin. And our prayer of the day, our sin and our having to to live with the consequences, all of that was brought upon ourselves by ourselves. That which man makes, man breaks. Man puts his faith in himself. Man puts his faith in his buildings. He puts his faith in his own intellect. And Jesus is saying, be careful because that'll be doom. He even goes on to say further, he says, Scripture clearly will t- it tells us that these bad things, these pre-events we've seen and will see, these things are nothing compared to the end time that is coming. And they are nothing compared to what the one who is outside of Christ will experience. All of this trial, all of this tribulation, all of this being flogged, all of this that's going on is nothing compared to what awaits the one who is without Christ. He goes on to list some horrible things. Councils and courts will judge you. You will be beaten in the places of worship. Kings and governors will inspect you in person, and they will uh, force you to give an account. The Holy Spirit will speak. That's some good news for you, because you've heard the word, and the Spirit will speak through you. You will find that families will be divided, and violence will be between them. We've done that in this country, the United States Civil War. And we're doing it today. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. We see that today. So what are we to make for this, Christian? What are you and I to make of this? What are we to glean, to think, to proclaim? Well, 
Firstly, we need a Savior. And right now and forever, we have one. One more time. You're not in peril. You've been clothed in Christ in your baptism. Your name has been written in the book. The world is going to be destroyed. And man cannot predict it, nor can he prevent it. The world, the day that that original sin happened, the world started breaking apart. The relationship between the creator and the created was broken. So I don't think it's a bad idea to have electric cars or using solar and all that stuff, but if we really think that we're going to add to this world and to the longevity by doing that, I think perhaps Jesus would invite us to think again. The bottom line, Christian, is this. Again, those who are without Jesus will perish. And those who are in Christ will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. Daniel wrote in Daniel 12.1.3 in our lessons this morning. At that time shall arise Michael, (coughs) the angel, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. (coughs) Excuse me. But at that time your people shall be delivered and everyone, everyone, everyone whose name is written in the book shall be free. And those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, and some to everlasting life, those are the ones with their name written in the book, that's you, all of you, and some everlasting shame, everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. Those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. We have an opportunity to bear fruit by what he has done on the cross for us. We have an opportunity through people who are out in all nations, like Tomas, and his family. We have an opportunity to pray for them, to encourage them, and yes, to financially help them. Why would we do such a thing? Well, because the Father does not want one, not one, to perish. Though he knows many will. We have the opportunity to proclaim Christ and him crucified, not only in our own neighborhood, our own families, but all around this world. I need to remind you that you've been baptized. I need to remind you that you have confessed your sins. I need to remind you that you have been absolved all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You're in a good place right now. 
and you will not be snatched. You are the ones who by Christ's righteousness, God's grace, will rise and shine like stars forever and ever. You will. He chose you before time began. Do you know that? He chose you before time began. That's John 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You're already bearing fruit. I see good fruit out there. And I'm not even a fruit inspector, but I see good fruit, and the Father does too. He wrote your name in the book of life, Christian, and your name shall remain there. You have been redeemed. You have been promised life eternal with the Father forever. Let not your heart be troubled when trouble seems to come like wave after wave after wave. And though your tent or your temple may be a little tattered, a little broken, maybe missing a couple of stones here and there, missing parts, That is to be expected, Christian. If our tent looked like that temple the whole time through, we wouldn't be ready to go, would we? It needs to wear out. And when it does, we will, upon being apart from this flesh, we will be face to face with Jesus Christ in a perfect, in every way, perfect body. For all whose name is in the book. And that's the day we receive perfection. That's the day when we meet our Savior. May the peace of the Lord be with you. In the name of Jesus, amen.